to the Vector Accelerator podcast, where we delve into the profound journey of veterans navigating the transition from military service to civilian life. Join us as we explore the challenge, challenges faced and the critical quest for the clarity, identity, purpose, and community beyond the uniform. I'm your co-host, Michael Halterman. My friends call me Halty, so I hope you will too. I'm joined by my co-host, Joe Lara. Joe, say hi. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Matt Stevens. Matt Stevens, say hello. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Matt was a United States Naval officer in the Special Operations community for over 26 years and is now the Chief Executive Officer at the Honor Foundation. The place where we usually like to start when we do this is with a group exercise. So we'll do that this morning. Um, and so the question is going to be, and we'll all take our turn at this. And Joe, you'll go first to give Matt a little extra time so he can build in his thoughts. If sure. you can think back to when you were still in the military, how did you define success then? And what does success mean to you now? Yeah, I, I love this exercise. Um, and this question specifically, because I I'm thinking about Joel R. 18 years old, joining the military mm -hmm. to escape, you know, whatever I was trying to escape. And, uh, and so the intention was four years. And so that's what success was just get four years done, uh, get a little bit of experience, travel, and then get out. Well, then time came to reenlist. And so I decided to re-up, then that turned into a 10 year career. And so success kind of changed from there because I realized I probably need to buckle down and advance. And so mm. I, I started looking to my left and right, seeing what my peers were doing, just recognizing what success looked like. It definitely changed over time. And, uh, and yeah, it's just interesting how it's, it's, I never thought about it until being asked this question before and now being asked again, mm -hmm. it's, it's evolved, it's evolved. And at the end of my 24 year career success, it just looks different. It's a different level of experience and success and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it just kind of assumed moving forward and my out of the military into civilian life. I don't know what success looks like. So I had to figure that out too. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what are your thoughts? Uh, for me, it was uh, number one, securing a slot to go to Buds and, and get a chance to become a, a Navy SEAL, right? So, and then once I made it through the training, um, it was okay. It was always uber competitive. Right. Was my platoon, my troop, squadron, SEAL team unit considered the best? Um, would we be the first ones chosen to go to war, mm. you know, first in, last out? Uh, on a personal level, did I compete well with my peers? Was I considered one of the top performers, get assigned the next best job that would keep me on the, the, the operational ladder? I always wanted to stay operational and not be a staff guy, so I, I did that as long as I could. Uh, and, and it meant operational relevancy once I got the opportunity to kind of be in a, a command and leadership position. You know, what was what we are doing important, you know, to the national security mm -hmm. objectives? Um, and as I got more senior, the other thing I'll, I'll put in there, yeah, I kind of, you know, as Joe said, it changes over time. It became more heavily weighted on leader development. So yeah. I wanted the right senior off the right officers and enlisted leaders to become uh you know commanding officers platoon commanders uh command mm -hmm. master chiefs you know get those uh leadership opportunities now as i transition out i i'm still competitive i think it's one of my top strengths but uh success means do i enjoy what i'm doing do i get satisfaction 
from it. Mm. I still want to crush it, right, and be the best that I can be for, for me personally and for the organization. But, you know, dictating some of my own schedule, having the freedom of choice for me and my family, going to a kid's soccer game, wrestling match, uh, you know, and being present for them is, mm. is also important. I still enjoy the uh, leader development aspect of it. And I think a lot of the skills and processes that we work in the military certainly translate into the civ civilian organizations and leader development. And, uh, and so that's still important to me. And I consider that a big part of success. And then the, the ultimate thing is really, do I, am I having fun what I'm doing with what I'm doing? Is mm -hmm. there job satisfaction? Right. And I think that's, that's key component to everything. Wow. it's awesome. Yeah. Joe, I, I really appreciate, uh, you said during your answer there, there, it required an evolution. It required a change from military yeah. into civilian life. And that really resonates with me because my, uh, how I define success in the military was actually really easy because it's in an FM. They give it to you, uh, in the Marine Corps. It's, it's very straightforward. It's mission success is, is the ultimate achievement. Um, and then I, right after that, it's troop welfare. And I lived that, right? I did that for 20 years. Um, and then in transition, it, it became very opaque. And where, where are the guidelines? Where, how do I find that? Is it a mountain I climb? Is it that I upped the, the weight on my deadlift? Is it achieving a degree at, at some level? And, and do any of those actually matter? Are they just achievements? Is that actual success? And it was, it was a bit um, daunting to say the least. And I think that that might resonate with with quite a few people in transition, because I hear it. You know, we've heard it quite a few times. And then ultimately, what I settled on was a quote from another another gentleman, um, and the the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, always striving to move forward. And if it's a worthy mm. ideal, that means it's, it's worthy of your time and making forward progress on that. And that opens the aperture so much further and allows you to have, I think, a fuller life in many ways. And it encompasses many things that I think both you and Matt said. And that is, that is how I've chose to define it moving forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, so now, Matt and uh, Halti, we're, we're going to transition into some questions to, to kind of, uh, you know, I, I think these are really important. Um, to give context to what, what we're trying to do here. And, and it's really to serve a larger group of folks that have been um, in the military for, for, for maybe four years, maybe 20 years, maybe even more, mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to navigate that next, that next chapter. And so, Matt, you've, you've been doing this for some time, working with veterans in this nonprofit space. And so you've come across literally hundreds. And I can only imagine the types of conversations you've had one-on-one -on -one, um, when, when they feel safe in front of you to kind of share a little bit more. What are some of the common challenges you feel you've heard uh, and maybe even felt yourself that veterans face with transitioning from a, from a structured, you know, pretty structured military lifestyle to civilian life? And, and are there any specific instances or examples you can think of? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think number one of the top ones is being able to talk about yourself, you know, it's something I struggled with. Uh, I've been 26 years in the military and, and certainly as you get more senior, what's pounded into our heads is it's not about you. It's about the team's success. Right. And so, you know, the mantra, take care of your team, take care of your gear, take care of yourself later. You know, that, that becomes part of who you are. Um, and so talking about myself was, was seemed disgusting, gross. 
I always hated the loudest uh, chest beating guys who were in the military. It, it seemed to be about themselves, right? And I never, never wanted to be perceived that way. But I had to figure out a way to do it. You have to be able to talk about yourself and, and figure out what, what your return on investment and why somebody should choose you, whether it's for a job interview or an investment opportunity, if you're going to start your own business or getting into school. So that's number one. Number two is really figuring out what I want to do with my life in my second professional career um, while still making enough money to support my family, right? We talk a lot about purpose and identity and all that is very, very important, right? Who are you as a human when you take off the uniform? But at the end of the day, you still got to pay the bills and hopefully um, get compensated well. And, and I think a lot of veterans really uh, struggle with that. And it's okay. Um, the, the next thing is like figuring out what I wanted to do. <laughs> you know, that I didn't know. I knew what I didn't want to do, which was to work for the government as a GS employee or work for another three-letter mm -hmm. agency carrying a gun, basically doing the same thing. Uh, but there's a pretty big swath in between those two things, right? And so I- Yeah, for sure. with that. And it took a long time, a lot of introspective work to figure out first what makes me tick and what makes me happy. A lot of cups of coffee and discovery conversations with people who are just doing something different than what I was doing, right? Um, at the Honor Foundation, we challenge people to get 50 cups of coffee. It's a great way to get out there and not your buddies and not your friends, but you, you kind yeah. of all outwards from who you know to who are some other people I can talk to getting out of your comfort zone um, and doing, I actually did a couple of informational interviews, not necessarily anticipating or wanting a job, but um, you know, just to get a couple of reps under my belt. Uh, one was as a consultant, one was with a big corporation and one was with a small startup. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, small startup was where I landed. Um, and then the final thing is like, you know, we are forced to do things in the military. You might not always want to do everyday PT. Um, and I don't know, when I transitioned out, I, I basically took a break. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do the things that I'm told to do. And I took my foot off the gas a little too much uh, physically. And, and, you know, getting back into it is way harder than just kind of maintaining. And that would certainly recommend people don't do what I did because it's, uh, it's painful to get back into it. <laughs> Consistent, long-term healthy habits. So yeah. that's what I heard right at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. You brought up another point though, like cups of coffee. Um, it, it sounds a little bit like intelligence gathering and maybe that'll be a, a nice way to kind of relay it more to somebody in the, who's still in the military right now is wondering more, what is this cups of coffee thing? Can you expand on that just a, a little bit more? Yeah. So, you know, when you, when you're trying to figure out like, what does somebody actually do on a daily basis, right? Being a, mm. a banker on wall street sounds really cool because they make a ton of money, but what do they do on a daily basis? But what is I, it you do every day? <laughs> would I like to do that? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I know some people that work for uh, NASCAR teams as pit, pit guys. You know, there's a lot of pro athletes and former military doing that. Like, what do you do when you're not at a race? You know, are you jacking up <laughs> a car times a day? Is that something that would be fun for more than a week? I don't know. And it's, it is intelligence gathering. It's just simply finding out what does somebody do? Um, would I like to do that? And you can either, you know, give it an up check or a down check. And then it's expanding your network as well, right? You know, I always mm. finish my cups of coffee. Like, hey, do you know anybody else that I might that could help and I should talk to? And everybody, you know, that I met is willing to help. And normally you're going to get one to three 
other introductions. And that's how you kind of spiral outwards from your, your small core of people that you know. Now, yeah. that's, that's great, Matt. Um, something you said in the very beginning, uh, the very first thing was finding a way to talk about yourself. Because mm. it does, to be honest, it just does feel gross. And you're saying, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so and I'm really good at, like, it just doesn't, it feels awkward, right? Um, yeah. But what we found is if asked the right questions and if, take, if, if, if Matt Stevens goes through this time of self-reflection, basically going to your past experiences and having you dive into what you've done in the past, what makes you tick, um, yeah. that's really a great place to start. And so kind of wondering, how did you first approach introspection? Because it kind of, it kind of feel like touchy feely, like, why do I need to look in the past? Right. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm trying to get a job moving forward. So what yeah. was it like for you to go? to do some of that introspective work, like maybe some words of encouragement, uh, lessons learned with that. So you can learn how to talk about yourself. So you, when you do those cups of coffee, you can actually tell the value you have to give to somebody. Right. So what was it like for you? Well, it was tough for me. I, I'm not one of those guys. It was, uh, deep into the introspective, uh, aspect of life or, uh, meditation, reflective practices. And so, um, you know, I was always in the mix of like, hey, let's get the job done, current ops, you know, checklists, uh, maybe plan a, a week out or a couple months out, that kind of thing. So, you know, I I went through the Honor Foundations program, right? I went through a program because I personally needed an accountability partner, right? And mm -hmm. it put me totally out of my comfort zone. We started our transition program with all of the introspective piece. I thought it was going to be a complete waste of time. Quite frankly, I thought yeah. I was, I was just, Hey, get me to the like interview prep, get me to the, the LinkedIn page. Cause I had no social media, get me to, you know, how do I do a, a resume? that looks good. Uh, yeah. how do I talk about money and the, the, the program forced us to do exercises and it was a catalyst for me. And, uh, and so started journaling cause it, you know, my accountability partners, I had a little swim buddy and a, and a, a triad. And we started journaling and then we went through a bunch of exercises where we talked about our childhood and told stories and, you know, other people watching me tell stories and me doing it for others, they pulled out themes of like, hey, it sounds like you really like independence and uh, kind of mm. building the airplane as it flies. Um, and what I realized over time was doing that hard work because it's uncomfortable, right? At least it was for me, maybe not for everybody. Uh, doing that hard work sets a great foundation for being able to talk about yourself, right? You get mm -hmm. some key language out of it. You know, you, you can start by getting reps, just like going to the range. You can start talking about yourself. It's not going to sound yeah. good or feel good at the beginning, but you do more reps, um, you know? And so it was probably the most important thing that I did um, mm. in my transition, you know, putting pen to paper, uh, and in a journal that nobody else ever was going to look at, uh, practicing and, and then having some very deep conversations with others going through the same thing, right? You, you don't have to go through this transition alone, um, hitting, uh, my friends and then frankly, having conversations with my spouse because mm. they're also part of the, uh, so those are things that work for me. Wow. So it's really easy to get sucked into a checklist of these are the, these are the hard things that are necessary that I must do LinkedIn resumes and just the, the list is lengthy and you can feel like you're making progress because these are necessary steps. 
But what I'm hearing you say is the step before all of that is really figuring out who you are. Is that, is that, am I getting that correctly? I think that's the key, key step. It's critical to everything else. Figure out who you are, what's going to make you happy. You know, mm. when you have choices again, you don't really have a ton of choices in the military. Uh, you have all the choices once you transition out. And uh, mm. some people have a hard time with not having guardrails and like being told what to do uh, because you have to self-motivate. So absolutely. So Matt, uh, something you said uh, about the self-reflective work, you talked about a language and, and I think, uh, you know, the term comes to mind as a lexicon, a new mm. way to describe your value, what you're about. and before you did that introspective work, you talked about, I'll just get a LinkedIn, I'll prepare for job interviews, I'll do these things. Job interviews. I mean, think about what the job interview, what you thought you had to, how you had to perform at those job interviews versus now I'm equipped with the language where I know my value. I, I got to assume it was probably much more easier, still, still challenging to navigate that space. But what were those interviews like after doing all this work? Yeah, they were, they were way easier, number one, because I had a lot of confidence uh, and I could talk about myself. And we also did a strengths-based exercise where I, I gleaned some really good language that perfectly described me, but I would never have realized to use that language. And so I could channel the competitive nature of, of myself into more of a conversation and not come off uh, too strongly, uh, make it more about learning about whatever organization I was talking to and, and really seeing if it was a good fit for me versus just trying to sell myself, right? It's not about selling yourself. It's about um, figuring out if it's going to be a good fit uh, because frankly, culture is more important than, than anything else in this, this whole equation that we do. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, it, it, I mean, it absolutely set the groundwork for me to be able to talk. Uh, and I think, to be listened to a little bit better too, rather than the uh, yeah. typical military guy with, um, you know, a ton of acronyms and, you know, using the knife hand, if I wanted to explain something like all that's off the table and it's just a normal conversation. I mean, I can imagine be, being a, a hiring manager of a company and you're describing yourself not as military veteran XYZ, but you're like, no, I love to solve problems. I loved, you know, and you're just kind of going through these behaviors that absolutely translate probably better to business. Uh, it, but it's still you at the end, it's still you. So yeah, I love that. Um, and then a final question for you, Matt, um, you know, in the pursuit of, of transitioning into civilian life, I'm sure again, back to the stories that you probably heard of other veterans and, and maybe some success stories where you've seen them navigate this because of the self-reflection, because of the personal development, are there any stories that stand out? And then also, um, you know, maybe some even now they're in the now they're in the now they're in the um, civilian side. Now they're in the jobs, and how maybe how is that translated now that they're on the other side? Like, do any examples come to mind? Yeah, there's there's a tons of examples, and and I'll start with uh, with with me. Uh, the thing I'll say is the only person that defines success is you as an individual, right? It, it, mm. no, nobody else, you should not allow anybody else to judge you. So what is, what does success look like for you? And, and I'm, I'm the guy that never in a million years thought he'd be at a nonprofit, right? I did go do something else for about 18 months, went to a small startup. Uh, that was a great learning experience. And then uh, felt a deep sense of loyalty to stay there when it, when I knew it wasn't right. So ultimately uh, departed that um, without burning bridges, I hope. And then joined uh, a nonprofit, the Honor Foundation, 
and it's uh, it's super fulfilling. And I, I wake up jazzed up every single day. I look at both of you guys. I don't suspect either one of you uh, wanted to be in the nonprofit or thought you would, but you know, it just you know feels right. We've had plenty of people. You know, there's a Marine in particular that came through our program at the Honor Foundation, and uh, you know, he pulled me aside. He was an E8. Uh, I went that time to visit Camp Lejeune. He pulled me aside. I was like, okay, you know, here, here comes the ass chewing because uh, that's typically what happens when somebody's like, hey, you got a minute? Um, and he's like, hey, I just want you to know that this this course is, you know, going through this process has given me confidence. You know, my family was falling apart. Um, I was probably going down a path where I was going to hurt myself and, and I feel great now. You know, so that like that means more to me uh, than anybody that's making like a, a million dollars a year, which is. Totally fine too, but back to the original point is is there's only one person to find success, and that's you. And so, you know, don't let anybody sway your opinions, right? If money is your driving factor, hey, that's fine. Go make a ton of money. If purpose is your driving factor, Mm -hmm. let it be about purpose. So that's it. Something you said earlier that I feel really ties into this last question is it is equally important to know what you do not want. And, and identify that all the way through this process so that you don't find yourself lost chasing bright, shiny objects and comparing yourself to somebody else and somebody else's success model, because really the mm. only person you can compare yourself to is you yesterday. Are you better than you yeah. yesterday? Are you moving yourself forward of your defined success? And there's so many more stories that we've had the privilege of seeing together coming through helping, helping veterans transition. And it's, um, it's inspiring to see where you're at, Matt. It's inspiring to see where you are, Joe. And it's, it's pretty great being a part, a small part of all of this. Yeah, no, it it is. It's, it's sometimes surreal, um, looking back and at how much the three of us have have evolved, um, in, in this, in this space. Um, and so Matt, I just wanted to say thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to join, um, in this discussion, uh, how, how can folks find you? Like if people like, Hey, what, what's Matt up to? What's this honor foundation? Uh, where can people check out what you're doing? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably the best way to find me. They can also go to the honor foundation, uh, website, honor.org and, and check it out there. And it probably has a link to my contact information, but, um, LinkedIn is probably the best and easiest place to go and happy to chat with anybody, have a cup of coffee with, with somebody out there in the audience. Thanks for having me. and well, real quick, man, I got to ask, like, what's next for the Honor Foundation? You're 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 growing like crazy. Where, where do you plan on on, on moving next? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, but what we're doing here today is is a big part of it. We want to be able to take the best of what we're doing and share it with anybody getting out of the military, so they can undergo their own transition journeys and, and do the introspective hard work guided. Um, I I feel like we do it. We're the best in the business, and I just I want to share. Right. So anybody can have that help. And then within the uh, Honor Foundation itself, you know, there's there's we're not yet able to serve everybody under the special operations umbrella. So uh, we're going to keep hustling until we can absolutely uh, provide our program to anybody, uh, anywhere, anytime, any place and their spouses. I would say that's a new and growing thing because that's awesome. I alluded to earlier. Transition is a team sport Mm -hmm. um, and don't make the mistake of figuring you're going to move to Silicon Valley and join a great startup when your family wants to stay in Virginia beach. Right. That was me. Yeah. So, uh, it's a team sport and 
we we really think that we can uh, help by uh, including the spouses a lot more and, and strengthening their their backgrounds as well. Mm. That's so awesome to hear, Matt. Thanks, man. Um, so everybody, you know, transitioning from the military to civilian life, it's a challenge unlike any other. And, and here's the truth: is that you're probably going to find a job, but is it going to be fulfilling? Is it going to be something that brings you joy? Um, there's a lot to figure out and it can be overwhelming. It is overwhelming if you do it alone. And so I think that's really what we want to emphasize is you're not alone in this. And for our audience, we want to invite you to head over to vectoraccelerator.org. Um, there you can download a free transition checklist and or enroll in the actual Vector Accelerator's self-guided virtual course. And this is designed to accelerate your journey to clarity, conviction, and confidence. Take care, everyone. Thank you.